Welcome back for another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined as always by Vinny Kiamko Yap. Hello, everyone. And Megan Whitsker. Hello. Yeah, so Megan's joining the show again this week. Kind of exciting. Ex- very exciting. Yeah, we pretty much decided someone needs to be here to make sure that to moderate. We well, there was the talking about old naked guys. My volunteer's then. tribute. There you go. That's, she's, you were doing a great service to the rest of the world. A great <laughs> service. To our three listeners. My mom thanks you. <laughs> Mine too. That's right. All right. We just picked up before Megan's start a, mom's here today. So that's, uh, that's we need to start a club of just all the moms. <laughs> Listen. Oh man, just uh, it's, it's funny because my wife called just as we were talking about moms. So another mom in my life, my hey. wife, who's not my mom, but she's the mother of my children. But she listens. So she does. And is a mom. So does it technically count as... Yeah. Mm. I don't think she actually listens. <laughs> she's, she's just, we're going to go record a podcast. She's like, that's great, honey. Yeah. And then just never listens exactly. to it. Speaking of podcasts, so I was on another podcast this week. What? Um, I was on the Forte Catholic podcast with Taylor Schroll. I feel like I'm being cheated on. And, well, it was, it felt a little bit like that too. It was exciting. I felt alive, Vinny. I haven't felt alive in years. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's kind <laughs> No, it's funny because that, that relates to my weekly word for this week which is dealing with um, Jesus teaching on divorce. Mm. Oh, so there is a line okay. in there that marriage ah. isn't just about feeling alive. Ah. Got you. So that's why I gave the, re- I was referencing myself. Very I was being self-referential. Anyway, but uh, the, the Forte Catholic podcast, <laughs> super good podcast. Yeah? Yeah, very. I, it was it was actually a show I would listen to, I and I will listen to. It was great. Sweet. Yeah, but he also listened to the afternoon morning show. No, he ah. didn't. He did. I don't know. I think he did it because he felt like he had to. He felt like he had to. Yeah, it was some research you know. on you first. He did. He said he enjoyed the show. He, he subscribed. Ooh. What? And I, I prayed for him. <laughs> <laughs> for him and his heart. <laughs> exactly. So, so lots of. Let's not lead him astray. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to be your near occasion of sin. The afternoon morning show from Everyday Catholic. <laughs> I feel like that was wrong. That was very, that was, I mean. Not a tagline you should stick with. No. <laughs> no. I Maybe definitely agree with continue that. Continue to explore. But I like the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> the afternoon morning show. Your everyday near occasion of sin. You're welcome, oh. America. No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. No. no, no. So a lot going on in the church. I thought we would yes. deal with some of that today, and, and we're going to move from whatever it was we were just doing. Man, um, this is why we have Megan. <gasps> this is why I we have Megan. Stop it. And she I, didn't no, stop she didn't. It. Like let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so the afternoon morning. So anyway, so going on in the church right now is something kind of uh, interesting. We have a synod going on in Rome, um, which begs the question. What's what is a synod? <laughs> Which, so I thought I'd laid that out. So a synod is a, a, a meeting of bishops kind of building on the con- collegiality of the church. Because That's one of the word. things that people, we, we tend to think of the church as there's a Pope in Rome and he's in charge. Yes. And that is true, but there's more to it yeah. than that, right? The Bishop of Rome is a bishop amongst bishops, right? And so in a sense, he's one of the college of bishops. There's a collegiality, a fraternity, um, but the Bishop of Rome is in union with the bishops of the world and the bishops of the world in union with the Bishop of Rome. And so they gathered together as the teachers of the church to, to formulate teaching, right? Not to mm. change teaching, but to formulate how things will be taught in this era. So I think that's kind of a, the best way I can think of to explain yeah. it. Um, um, how often do these happen? You know, it's interesting. So this uh, form for the synod actually came out of Vatican II. Uh, there have been synods throughout the life of the church, but this particular form where they would gather together in a non-ecumenical like council, um, that kind of synod is it, more of a... a um, sorry, if you probably can hear my dog here, he was shaking his... his uh, 
We, we brought the dog inside. So maybe you've noticed as you've been watching the Afternoon Morning Show that on every every single episode, there is the, the dog, dog barking at some point. Mm-hmm. So today we thought we would try to avoid that by bringing the dog inside. Yes. But now he is shaking his collar and making rattling noises and uh, he is uh, determined to get blanket. someone to pet him, which our natural posture toward the dog in this house is one of ignoring him. Uh, so he is, anyway, that's kind of, or, or the baby just abusing him and him looking at it. But he also like, knows where he's going to, I'll, <laughs> please, please help me. I'll be the one that'll be like, oh, dog. And yeah. then pet the dog. So he knows that I'll. Anyway. So synods of bishops back yes. in my, I, I yes. didn't it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but my dog, I'm not a dog person, but I have a dog. I mentioned this on the show, I think, a couple of days yeah. ago when, when my, our, my, my sixth, uh, fifth child wants a cat very oh, badly. Yes. Right. So, yes. and the only way you can get a cat is, is if, if the, the dog, dog dies. dies. And so he's now plotting the dog's plotting death. Dog's death. <laughs> it's Poor bad. baby. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so this synod is going on. Synod of the bishops. It's not an ecumenical council like Vatican II. Mm-hmm. That's when all of the bishops of the world gather together. Um, this is a synod. So it's a, it's more of, um, it's uh, a collegial gathering, a consultation, as it were, to address uh, certain issues in the world and give guidance. But and so there's only like a couple of representatives from mm-hmm. the United States there. One of which okay. is uh, is Bishop Barron. Man, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that guy. He's kind of like He's the rock star cool bishop stuff. of our oh, time. I yeah, you weren't excited. Like oh no, I, I know. It's not like, like, like that, that guy. guy. <laughs> so Vinny and Bishop Baron have a past. Apparently, let's get <laughs> into that. Yeah. Um, so I this in. guy owes me a beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> which brings us to our pre-podcast conversation, where we were discussing the acquired tastes, the idea of acquired taste. Because yes. Megan made the very controversial statement that coffee is bad. Terrible. Actually. I just, which again, I, maybe I'm so. I'm drinking coffee. Let me put it this way. Okay. So straight black coffee, I would agree, is an acquired taste. I know you're drinking black coffee because you're a man, Vinny. That's fine. Uh, but I can tell you this. The first time I had a coffee nip, I was what like, is this that? is delightful. Coffee nips are like little hard candies. They're kind of, they're kind of. Oh. They're no. How do we Imagine do a taffy had sat in the sun for years and got very hard. That would be the texture of a coffee nip. <laughs> I had just never heard it called a coffee nip. So. That's no, what that, yeah, that's the, that is the name like of coffee it. candy. It's, it's yeah. But anyway, the, my grandpa used to have them. I remember this. My grandpa's nice. house. So they were delightful, and I always thought coffee would be amazing. And then I had like coffee ice cream. Good no. is good. Everything no, coffee flavored more... has an aftertaste. It all has that aftertaste and just drips down your throat and it's terrible. Well, it is a liquid that you would it's... drink. So that doesn't make sense. No, but the aftertaste stays for a long time it wrong. in the midst of your throat. <laughs> it, it goes down your throat. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> How else do you drink anything? <laughs> anyway, but so, so, and, but beer was another one of those things we talked about that yes. I, I will, I will stand with the, the on the side that beer is an acquired taste as it is it everyone who has beer for the first time thinks that's disgusting yes i'm willing to die on that hill that yeah i will i will stand with you there <laughs> i'll just wave <laughs> i'm at the bottom i'll wave so, so anyway back to the synod oh, that, from beer to the synod on youth seems an appropriate segue um, that's, i'm, I'm yes. down <laughs> So when we speak of youth in the church, though, I think people miss this. In the United States, we go youth, we immediately think high school, right? Yeah. yeah. When the church speaks of youth, typically it's when we talk about young adults in the United States, it goes 18 to like 40, yeah. which is absurd. In our diocese, it's like 38, 39. Yeah, 18 to 40. That puts me two years out of the young adult range. How are you feeling? Oh, Officially like an adult. Uh, <laughs> you finally so made it. I know. Looks like we made it. Um, but well, that everybody got quiet and mm-hmm. I felt very alone there for Well, a I wanted to... 
you know, sing with you. Then I realized I didn't know what that was. Neither do I actually. I think I've only heard that referenced in movies, but, um, in this synod, I think they're defining youth as like 16 to 29, which seems more that reasonable, more fair. but again, a 16 and a 29 year old have very little. Yeah, there's a, there's a very yeah. large spread of life between 16 to 29. Right. Well, they shortened it from 40. Which is, yeah, shortening it from 40 was good, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good move. But 16 to 29 is strange to me because, again, a 29-year-old is, like, married, working, yeah. or, or unmarried, but looking to be married typically, or actually not in the millennials, but uh, typically 29-year-olds yeah. in the millennials are like, I'm too young to get married. Yeah. Well, um, but even at that point, people are looking for, like, they're either just starting their career or have been in their career after getting out of college, like, between the six, and then with the 16-year-olds, just like, I have no idea what I want to do. So there's that kind of... Okay, I'm, I'm struck by the point that you're both millennials again, because I like to point this out. Uh, <laughs> is that, that sentiment that millennials are not looking to get married do you agree with that or is that just that they're just not getting married it's not that I, they don't want to get married not getting married at least from my group of friends i know people that it's like your it. group of friends you'd be like no we totally would like to get married we're just not finding that person yeah. right yeah well like my sister well she's not my sister-in-law yet but my brother and her are engaged and she's always like oh we'll get married when we're 30 I'm like, you guys have been dating since you were 14. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. Then I am on a very different spectrum of friends. Because for me, it's and like. And that's like how her friends just all hasn't are. Happened. Um, so, I mean, yeah. there's a wide okay. and range. And it's weird. And maybe because I stand on the other side of the, the fence here in Gen X and just being in my 40s with six kids. Uh, there's If there's one like regret, it's not really a regret. It's, but it's just like, oh, if I could have engineered my life in a different way, I wish I would have met my wife earlier. So we could start our family younger so that I would be a younger dad. <laughs> I wish I would have met my wife earlier, too. Oh, Vinny. That's sad. <laughs> it was meant yeah. to be. Wow. Anyway, but that's that's my thing. Cause anyway, but, so back to the Synod and Youth. I feel like we're not actually going to talk about actually, what we're going to talk about it's today. It's interesting. It is it's interesting. interesting. So but we are also interesting. We well, oh, wow. And there, <laughs> that should be justify us rabbit trailing. That is the tagline for the afternoon morning show. It's interesting, <laughs> but we are, we are also, also interesting. interesting. <laughs> Welcome to the afternoon morning show. This has been the most self-referential podcast I think we've this ever done. This is great. Gotten. And I just like to say self-referential because it makes you sound somewhat educated. Yeah. And it's better than saying narcissistic. It's a big $20 <laughs> word. <laughs> so prior to this gathering, they released a pre-synodal... Synodal? A pre-synod document. There we go. And so I, I was. I, I know I sent that out to you in show prep this morning at six a.m. Uh, when I was asleep. doing my show prep, we were ready for. But I, what I kind of thought was maybe to run through some of the quotes that stood out to me, okay. and then get reaction, and we talk about that. Um, and so one of the things that and sorry, my this dog, this this bringing the dog into the studio is not working because now we just have my dog moaning over there. <laughs> Yeah, now he's looking at me like I just did something wrong. <laughs> you called him out. I did. He's cool, like, Dude, bro, that's not cool, man. There you go. Lay down in shame. Uh, shame. All right. So the impact of social media. And so one of the things we're talking about, relationships and technology. Mm. Yes. And I'm hot on this because I've been teaching parenting in the internet classes uh, for parents I, I, a lot. Like I'm pushing this big time because I feel like it's a huge thing in raising the I generation. And now millennials, uh, I generation is the next generation after you guys. Fun millennials, are you guys. And so I think the church's synod is dealing with I generation and millennials. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. 16 to 20 somethings. Um, but one of the statements that they made in the, the, the pre-synod document, the impact of social media in the lives of young people cannot be understated. Social media is a significant part of young people's identity and way of life. 
Digital environments have a great potential to unite people across geographic distances like never before. The exchange of information, ideals, values, and common interest is now more possible. Um, and I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, what do you, okay, that statement, it's, it's part of people's identity. I think that's way more true than it should be. Yes. Absolutely. Um, just, okay, so the times I have done high school retreats, yeah. um, that'll be like midweek or even on the weekend, <clears throat> depending on with a high school or, or a specific church. But the one thing that has been our biggest con- contender with trying to get the, the teens to like buy into the weekend or the week is them trying to keep their snap streaks. Yes. Like oh. they fight. So some of them like honestly snap fight streaks. so hard for that. It's so stupid that like, it means so much. Yeah. I just, so much I, can I, can I just say that the makers of Snapchat clearly do not have potty training children. Potty training? Because they would never have called them streaks. Oh, had they true. <laughs> I'm just saying because like, a snap streak in my world means something totally different. Not uh, the direction I thought we were going. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that they just clearly don't have young children because, uh, I, that's my anyway just talk about just it's true you think about it, somebody wipes your butt for the first three years of your life when you finally take it over you're terrible at it <laughs> thus streaks anyway but I, I, that's interesting that they that is it's hard for them to, to disconnect because the value of it I, and I, I don't do snapchat because I'm 42 uh Good. and I'm not a molester so <laughs> what um thank you but what what is a snap streak so a snap streak so basically if you s- Snapchat, send a Snapchat to the same person every um, day. Every day, you start yeah. to get this little like, like fire icon emoji, of some sort. okay, and then a number next to it of how long you've had, like, like how many days how many days straight. Wow, you've snapped each other, and like I've seen people. Um, one of the high schools that I was helping with, um, they're like, oh man can't believe we lost that because we had like 200 and something days Insane. and it's like is it just you send a message to a person like a picture no, it's a picture it's so it's a picture, picture with a message video. on it or you can do a video but or just for like once a day yeah the, at, at minimum at least once a day. at minimum but basically but it's if like you forget for 24 hours the streak goes away yeah. wow yeah so it'd be like if you called someone every day Pretty much. In an analog sort of way. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. So where I find that this is interesting in, in raising adolescents is that I cannot get my adolescent to make a phone call. No. Like I cannot get them. And so the other night uh, he was dealing with something in his little not girlfriend relationship. And I was like, just call her. Just why don't you just call each other? Right. And he's like, oh, so finally he goes in his room and he shuts the door. Yeah. You know, and probably walks around That's, the whole time that he's on the phone. Right. No, but so he calls <laughs> and then gets a text back going, I can't talk right now. Oh, because she is terrified to talk on the phone. Mm hmm. Oh, isn't that, but that, that I think that's, so. but I feel like that's more normal than not. It, oh yeah. I, can I can't get my husband to make a phone call. Right. Terrified of making phone calls to people in charge of something. Wow. Like the dentist. Oh, the dentist. <laughs> La dentista. La dentista. <laughs> it's just, interesting that dentist is feminine in Spanish. I've always thought dentista. that was interesting. That is interesting. But, anyway, but it, it, and it is like on his water polo team, the way that they communicate <clears throat> isn't texting. They don't have like a group chat text. It's a Snapchat. They, oh yeah, they have a they group Snapchat, right? Which Chris is non Snapchat because it's the devil. Yeah, um, absolutely. Parenting the internet age, you should check it out. Um, but 
but so he's kind of out of the loop there because Snapchat is so important to like, yeah. I generation uh, millennial types. Yeah. What I where I think that is ma- major, ma- probably the major break between I generation and the millennials is I don't feel like you guys are on Snapchat as much. No. So no, literally probably not. Like your Instagram. I'm yeah, Instagram, we're Instagram all the way. Right. Yeah. But like I use Snapchat for quick like conversations like. I don't use it as often and I really don't care if it's there or not. Right. But if it's, if I'm in the middle of something and somebody pops up and they send me one, I'll respond, but I'm not necessarily the first one to like send one. Cause I really could care less. Right. Like I tried to get Marco Polo. Like we had Marco Polo. I have Marco Polo on my phone, which is a, um, like it's a video. Yeah. Text Which you got me into. It's kind of cool, but I just find myself not checking it. So, oh. and then people will message you and on it because you you record like a quick video and it goes back and then you can have a conversation kind of over time that way. Okay. And so the Studentville oh, hosts okay. were doing it. It was super fun. Like, and but mostly it was fun to just watch them because they're all crazy. But then there were a lot of ones from people in bed and I was like, oh, it's awkward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, and then it just got. It was awesome. It blew up all summer long. But then like a day-to-day usage, I'm, it's just not the way I want to communicate. I, no. I am more likely to pick up the phone and call someone yeah. um, or or send a quick text. Yeah. yeah. So. I've reached that point now. I wasn't, I was all about the text for yeah. a while. But now I'm just like, I don't have time for this. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call. Yeah. yeah. And the frustrating thing <laughs> Done is- Done like, in two minutes. When you call someone, like I'll call someone from the car and I never get anyone. You always get yeah. the voicemail on, yeah. the, on the- See, that's, and the, but that's strange to me because I, I have the same experience. So all of my friends know that- if you're going to text me and it's this long conversation, I'm calling you. Right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, not even reading it. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then people don't even either people either don't set up their voicemails anymore. Or they're all full or they're all, all the time. Full. Yeah. And it's like, yo, check those. <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> they leave them for, for a reason. reason. So, the, you know, it's interesting because we look at, at technology and we're just old, Megan. Well, yeah, totally. Out but, of the, so the, the way that technology is advanced is faster than the way the human being has advanced. And so, you know, you look at young people today and their connection to technology. I say young people today. I am super guilty of it too. <laughs> like all of us, like, okay, like we stand in line for the supermarket and what do we do? Like we pick up our phone, we yeah. look at it, you know, um, I'm, I'm at a stoplight. I don't look at my phone because <laughs> I'd be terribly irresponsible that I do that. Uh, I glance. Uh, yeah, we all do. Everybody <laughs> does. Right. And, yeah. and the fact that there are fines of that, like doesn't stop us. But what we've done is we've taken out the place of boredom. Like we've yeah. taken out like yeah. part of the human experience, right? And so, or, or personal interaction. In a sense, everyone's autistic now because no one knows how to communicate face to face without like getting right. freaked out by it, or even just be alone with themselves for a mere five oh, minutes. Oh, totally. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, one of the things in this this precinted document, they got they offer two concrete proposals regarding technology. First, engaging in a dialogue with young people. The church needs to deepen our understanding. Uh, so as to assist in discerning its usage. I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Basically the church needs to help people still be human. Right. Which is interesting because that was all like the thrust of theology of the body, right? Like was yeah. that we've embraced and become more fully human in embracing you know, God in our lives and our, how our lives reflect God and all of that. John Paul II said things like this all the time, basically that, that, that Christ makes us more human, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like more fully human, right? Um, and, and then that's a, that's a weird characterization, but it's true. Like we to you never really will become fully what you're supposed to be outside of God because mm-hmm. man is creating the image and likeness of God. We're not merely animals, right? Yeah. We're we're physical and spiritual, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then the church should view technology, particularly the internet, as a fertile place for the new evangelization. Um, and the outcomes of these reflections should be formalized through an official church document. 
Second, the church should address the widespread crisis of pornography, including online child abuse, as well as cyberbullying and the toll he's taken on our humanity. What's interesting, this mm-hmm. document was written by young people from all over the world. Ooh. This was not just... The um, bishops. Just not the bishops, not just American Catholics, not just African Catholics no. or, or UK Catholics. It was the entire world. Okay. Um, so the fact that globally they're saying we really need to deal with the porn thing is huge. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's that I thought that was interesting. You know, we, have we talked about this, that the UK is trying to implement like a, yeah. a like a, a nationwide filtering, mm-hmm. essentially. No, I didn't hear that. Well, we oh, you guys probably about talked about it. it. We Sorry. Talked about it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get like a, a age wall nationwide. They don't really know how to do it yet, but they're trying to, right. to because they've realized pornography yeah. is a, a public health crisis. And again, Ooh. it's changing humanity. Like it's rewiring our brains, yeah. right? Um, and I, I would absolutely agree the church needs to get get into this and needs to start dealing with it mm. right yeah. absolutely have you ever heard a homily dealing with pornography online uh, pornography that, that wasn't on no. retreat no it wasn't on retreat yeah. okay so like in a very specific men's group yeah. kind of thing context yeah like a student mill conference yeah yeah student mill conference or even like a con- like a confirmation retreats that I've been a part of like they'll they'll mention things like that right in their homily like on a list of things to be wary oh, yeah, of or something of, like that. Yeah, but does anyone yeah. ever deal with overcoming like that particular? I've never not in a, not in a broad been. not in a broad spectrum. I've always heard it in just like men's and women's sessions, like the reigns. Right. Like, now we did at Steve Mill conferences a couple of years ago. We actually did an entire session on overcoming pornography. Okay, um, it was and it was a it was a keynote. Oh, um, for the whole group. Ooh. Um, yeah, kind of. What cool. I think was smart. I, I think it was going head on and it was kind of responding to this sort of sense. But on a parish level, um, I was looking at statistics as I was writing my weekly word this week. Something like 20% of people are addicted to online porn. Wow. Um, it, it's statistically speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So that means on any given Sunday, close to a quarter of the people at mass yeah. are doing that, right? Um, that's huge, right? Uh, we got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, if a quarter, a quarter of the people are, you know, and, and you talk to priests, I mean, I've talked to priests and they obviously can't tell you what's confessed, but they will, they will definitely tell you that this is something that's affecting. So I love that the, this pre-synod document is dealing with it. I hope the bishops get right into it. I hope yeah. they give guidelines or encouragement. Um, and I, and I hope there's an emphasis that comes down to the local parishes that you guys, we've got to start dealing with this. We have to deal with it too in, in, in the way of practically what can you do to help people, not just saying right. it's bad. It's kind of yeah. like we talked about last week with the obesity thing. Yeah. Like just saying it's bad, yeah. stop doing it, doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Like what's the plan? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, totally, right? Yeah. But I, I think a huge part of that, and again, I can speak on, on the guy side of things, like community. Right. Like having formed community. Right. You know, that... <clears throat> Excuse me, and I, I think even even for women that are struggling with with it, I think that sense of community and fellowship or brotherhood or you know sisterhood, like to to travel and and battle together is huge. Right. That's why like Life Teen has created the app like Victory, where you you know you press a button, it's like a bat signal, and right. You know you know people are there for you that you're traveling with. Well, and Covenant Eyes has the accountability yeah. feature on it, so like my my web browsing I'm doing right now as we're talking. I know that if I go into the dark corners of the internet, Francis, David, and Matt are going to get a, yeah. an email about it. Now, will yeah. they check it? I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I should, I should go look at something really freaky. Like I should, <laughs> just it'll, they... it'll block me, but just to see if they're paying attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know. 
But again, like I didn't even know that existed. Uh, <laughs> somebody give me a dictionary. Oh man, uh, just, just I'm gonna need to go to Urban Dictionary to find out what that is. Uh, but yeah, but but yeah, that that sort of accountability is huge, and that yeah. actually kind of goes to one of the points that they make in the pre-synod document is for many young people, faith has become private rather yeah. than communal. Yeah, I think if there's anything like that's. Mm-hmm. Man, isn't that like the cry of our time? Like, well, I'm I'm spirit I'm spiritual, not religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, it's more personal to what I believe that works for me, right? Versus truth, right? So, how does we deal with that? I oh, was just gonna some dead air. I'm gonna have to edit that wait, out. Wait. I was I was just gonna th- toss Bibles at people. Just toss Bibles just at you. Yeah, I think you know. There's it works. There's a thing though, like, okay, so look at the experience of church, not just for young people, but for any people, right? And I know, and I, we belong to a long, a large parish. Our parish has like a thousand, two thousand, two hundred people gather for mass at each mass on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So we are, we are bigger than some Catholic churches. Well, we're bigger than most Catholic churches. Right. I mean, like in terms the of attendance facility. at one of our masses is bigger than some Catholic churches whole Sunday. Whole, yeah. Right. Uh, and so that part of my experience might be slanted by that, but- do we know each other? No. Right? No. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's different in, in small churches in the middle of the country or in the South or, um, but it, I think most of our Catholic churches, even though we go to these communal gatherings, the mass is a communal gathering, right? Mm-hmm. It's still a very, most people approach it like it's a private, private, yeah. pri- like private thing, right? Yeah. Um, I have, uh, we have a friend who's a brother in Italy right now. Yeah. And he said that when he has um, someone visiting from United States, the Italians will note like, oh my gosh, the Americans are so religious. Like your churches are so full at every mass. And he says like his masses have like seven to like 15 people per mass in these beautiful old churches. Right. And um, so he was like super culture shock when he's coming to like St. Margaret's or something. Right. Out here to visit. And I was like, how is that even possible? I don't feel like America is super Catholic, especially. Well, and that's something we miss. But, but yeah, like, mm. when I was in at World Youth Day, I was talking to a, a, a priest. He was, he was a seminarian from Nigeria who was doing his studies in Germany. And he was saying, we, he was saying about like Europe needs America. Mm-hmm. Like we need the vigor and the excitement that America has. And I was like, that is so scary. Yeah. Because people are at church, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're yeah. vigorous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that means we're we're great at looking like it, right? To exactly. The rest of the world. But like you said, there's no community. There's no talking yeah. about it ever. Just at least they're showing up. I guess. Yeah. Right. You know. But I, but I, it's funny because I I feel like we're on the same trajectory, the empty church trajectory. Oh, and I, where I, we I see that. Yeah. that, where we see it, you know, it's funny because you've got two places in the church where you're seeing energy and movement and growth, right? It's on the kind of very sort of traditional side mm. um, where it's going back to a more uh, pre-Vatican II feeling. And then on the other side, things like divine renovation or um, rebuilt, where it's more of a very contemporary yeah. approach, right? Mm-hmm. But both of those, I think what you see in both of those is strong community. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so we here in, in, in Southern California, St. Margaret's is a parish that is more leans towards the Latin chant. Tr- yeah pre-Vatican II type feeling, right? 
And then you, but then you look at like a place like um, Church of the Nativity in uh, in Timonium in Baltimore, that's just the rebuilt mm. thing. Both of them have strong community, right? And that's the emphasis. Yeah. There's a lot of emphasis on that. They're specific. Right, right. And so how do we, how do we form community without becoming tribal? Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes yeah. the, the, the pre-Vatican, I hate to say pre-Vatican too, but the more like the that, more that feeling, yeah. right, um, can get very tribal. Like you're either one of us yeah, or you're not right one right. of us. And if you're not one of us, then you don't belong. Yeah. And you feel it when you walk in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had some friends who went to one of our local, um, ordinariate parishes, right? Mm-hmm. And cause the ordinariate is the Anglican ordinariate. It's Roman right. The Catholic church has, a, uh, a more Tridentine feeling yeah. to it, though it's in English. And the comment that they made was, I felt like a, a Protestant at a Catholic wedding. Like I had no idea what was mm-hmm. going on. And I very clearly felt like I didn't belong there. Um, which was like, a, it was an interesting take, you know what I mean? Um, but again, how do we not, how do we have community without being tribal? That's a huge yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Um, and that, so Exclusive that, and, and... Yeah. It's kind of like what youth ministry talks about all the time, right? Like yeah. clicks and stuff. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, so, go ahead, Vinny. No, I, I just, I'm like trying to think, I was just thinking about like, how, well, how would we start to like remedy that? But a lot of that would have to start with the people that work in the church first. See, I, I, it's funny cause I'm working on a book right now that I'm calling lean mm. from the pews, Ooh. which I may or may not, wow. my mayor may, may, may or may not ever finish. Um, but yeah, cause I, I just feel like, yeah, lead the, the, the people lead the church fine, but there's so many people just dying on the vine out there because yeah. leadership sucks. Yeah. Well, and that's, and again, there are a lot of wonderful churches. I always have to do this disclaimer. A lot of wonderful churches, a mm. lot of wonderful pastors, a yeah. lot of wonderful staff members, that's true. There are also a lot of places that it sucks. Yeah. Let's not pretend the emperor is dressed in beautiful clothes when he's buck naked. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's my, you know, but, um, but so I feel like if, if, if you want that, if you want to be a, a, a communal experience of church, then you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the one thing that we do a lot too is we, we sit there and we go, these are great ideas. Yes. The church needs to come together. Somebody else do it. Right. Like, someone take charge. Yeah. Someone take charge. Cause we don't, I'll we don't follow want you. to. Yeah. Right. But unless we're willing to turn around and go, Oh, Hey, yeah. Are you new here? Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. or I see your family every Sunday and our kids are the same age. You guys want to go to the park after mass? Yeah. You know, um, that maybe not the first time you talk to him because that's super creepy. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a, that's let's go to the park. Fast. Right. I want to move too fast. But, but, it, or I <laughs> wish, we, I wish that there was like a, I wish there was <laughs> a place where we could do like worship music and have like Bible study. There is, yeah. it's your living room. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where the church is going to grow. I think is when we get messy, you know, I, I talk, it's funny. I, I talk about this all the time, but acts two, four, two through two, whatever, something 47 or something. You have to know this, Chris. Um, when they talk about how they sold everything mm, so that, yeah. and, and it divided up according to need. I hate that. Cause I don't want to sell my stuff. Uh, but I also would love to belong to a church where if someone couldn't pay their mortgage, like we knew it and yeah. people rallied around to support them through that time. Right. But that's never going to happen because no. we don't know each other. Yeah. Right. Well, and so that's my premise. Like, I feel like the ch- a church that is, okay, a church that claims to be the body of Christ, but the love of God isn't seen yeah. in that tangible way will never communicate mm. the love of Christ. And I, I, I am also a firm believer in creating opportunities for those things for, for that kind of community to be honed. You know, I think, um, like people starting like prayer nights 
is great. But also if those of who work in the church can also be like, Hey, what if we did this night or this night? And then instead of worrying about who attends, just go out on a limb and see if it works. No, oh, totally. I think we're yeah. afraid of, of, well, what if this sucks? Okay. There was like a, a billion different ways to create a light bulb. <laughs> I think there's the other part of that though, as a church institutionally, and I, and I've been a church worker for 18 yeah. years, so I can kind of talk to this. We also fall in love with the stuff that does suck and defend it yeah. to the death, yeah. right? Like, oh man, you know, we, we have we have formation programs that people are fleeing from and then people come and say, hey, I'd like to help. And we go, no, you don't understand. It's really good what we're doing. <coughs> no, it's really not. What's that? You coughed and said something? I did. Okay, okay yeah. But, okay, okay so I lo- what I love- okay. <laughs> No, I said- <laughs> I said anaphons. Antiphons. Oh my gosh. Okay, I don't Sorry. get started. I'm not going to go there. Sorry. Um, but um, this is, it's, it's, we'll, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> but okay, so, so there's a parish in, in Whittier, St. Bruno's uh, in Whittier, which I was just up at doing a, a parent formation night. And I love what they're doing because they, it's the same thing. They said, well, it's not working. So let's try something new. And so they're doing, you know, parent formation once a month, I think. And then the kids go to kids programs and they do more of like a, like a VBS style kids thing. And, and, uh, it's, it's just great. And is it, is it working? I don't know, but they're trying something. Right. right? Um, and so, yes, people need to take responsibility, but the church also has to be, be aware enough to go, gosh, if what we're doing sucks, we need to try something new and it may not work, but then we'll try something else or we'll adjust it or we'll change it. Um, and I just feel like that's what we've got to do. Well, I think even, even going, stepping back a little further is going into the families. Like if we're going to talk about the youth and the whole thing about cell phones and things like that, the reason people are getting less social because of the phones is purely by the fact that this is substituting for somebody else. Now, when they're in a place where they can practice the conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, like parents, you know, having a time phones are gone dinner table. Oh yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was one thing that my family that had sucked for so long was the fact that we would sit there and the TV was on, Mm. we would sit at dinner and the TV was on, you know, but it, it isn't until now I'm 27 I go home. I don't live with my parents anymore, and all of a sudden, di- like dinner with my family has changed. Interesting. TV's not not on anymore, and that's the closest I've felt with my family with my parents for years. Mm. You know, just purely because of we have taken the distraction of time, like being intentional of the time with each other. Yeah. You yeah. know, so going out to eat, young adults do the phone, the thing where you put the phone in the center of the table and. Well, no one likes, it's funny because it's not just young adults. Uh, uh, Nobody likes small talk. Uh, Well, okay. Maybe Megan does. (laughs) I love small talk questions. (laughs) What's that? I have a slew of questions ready for. That's that's funny because I. I ask them all the time. That's fantastic because I actually, I just. Your brain and toothpaste. I just read this book um, and I, and I made my kids read it too for the fine art of small talk. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it recommends is having like small talk questions just ready. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. you walk into those large group gatherings of, of like times when you're like at a meeting or, or mm-hmm. even church after church and you want to connect to somebody and you, yeah. hey, how are you doing? There's nothing interesting yeah. there. I hope no. that really came out well. Enough. Yeah. Um, right. But if you ask, Welcome. but you know, like, oh, how did you end up here at St. Martha's? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to get the story of blah, 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 what we live here or, or, you know, or, hey, is, is this your home church or, you know, did mm-hmm. you just join recently? You know? Yeah. Or I feel like whatever. Working with kids. 
like I've been doing small group leading for a long time. And then my internship was at a juvenile detention center and where I work now in a psych unit, they don't want to talk about their day or like what they do is like, Hey, why are you here? It's right. Like, no, we don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Tell me what your favorite you tree. Your favorite the whole tree. Group. Tell me if you're, and they think it's funny, breaks the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They think about their favorite tree and then like leads to new discussion. Yeah. Favorite tree. List to me all your favorite animals, barnyard, ocean, forest, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Barnyard was an animal. Um, barnyard animals. There are different kinds. Okay. No, Thank but you, you said favorite animal. You went barnyard. I'm I was listing I mean, the different categories. I think, I think I'd have to go with pigs. They're just so versatile. Lambs. Oh yeah, lambs They're are delicious so cute. too. Both oh, true. great. Yeah, but they're but see, so I feel like pigs are more versatile as a food animal because there's just different parts, and they're. I don't think all of delicious. animals that way. Oh, I appreciate absolutely. them absolutely. for yeah, the absolutely. qualities yeah. that they bring to the table. Not like that, see, but I, I felt myself running my <laughs> so foot I saw over. Paul, Paul Kim quoted a Franciscan priest, and I remember which friend, who it was, but he said, "Yeah, Saint Francis loved animals. He thought they were delicious." Oh. Uh, it's true. It's not wrong. <laughs> I understand, but also. But okay, so so in the small talk thing, and I think this is helpful for building community in church. One of the things they say is when you're in one of those awkward environments, whether that be coffee and donuts after mass or or sitting in the gathering area or whatever, um, your job is to be the host. So you just take radical ownership of that moment and you say, I'm going to host that moment. Mm. It's my job to make sure all these people don't feel uncomfortable. I never thought about it. And it changes everything, right? Interesting. Right. So if you're sitting at like a table of people at coffee and donuts and everybody's talking to their own little families and not paying attention to each other, you become the host of that table and all of a sudden it changes mm. everything. And it takes all the pressure off of them so that they're free just to be part of the conversation. I like that. Yeah. Cool, huh? I do like that. We okay. should just do a full weekend the next time we have just coffee and donuts. Just show up to everything. Yeah. <laughs> just be there like a the whole day and just yeah. host them. Yeah. Hi, Hi, welcome to the table. Yeah. How are you? I put this all on myself. Right. Well, Taking okay, it so too far? Very realistically. <laughs> poquito. <laughs> very realistically though, what if a church went ahead and said, we're going to train mm-hmm. captains, maybe not captains, people, ambassadors, ambassadors mm. is a better term, who are just going to be community ambassadors. And their job is to just host, to go out with the mindset of radical ownership for community. And whether that be the gathering area after mass um, or, you know, before mass or, or at coffee and donuts, you're just, you've said, I'm going to implant myself undercover as a radical ambassador for community mm. in this church. And I'm just going to go talk so to me. Cool. And then they could meet on a regular basis and go, how many people's stories did you learn yeah. this this month? Maria would be great at that. Oh, she'd be killed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but again, I so still... So Maria is one of our, our core members with our high school ministry here at St. Martha's and she's She's amazing. great at yeah. it. Well, yeah. but that's also because she's a wedding planner. If anybody's getting married... Call well, Maria. <laughs> but, and she's got a background in sales. That's also true. Right? Yeah. Salespeople have to do this. Yeah. And so we think, oh, well, they're just, they're just those kind of people. But they had no, to but they had those to, skills, yeah. right? Yeah. And people used, used to have those skills in life. Yeah. So my, my nephew um, is in a, a business where he has to do a little bit of sales. Mm. And so we'll walk into a group and he just walks up, starts introducing himself to people. And I'm always like, why, why would you do yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> but it I'm just, not with him. It naturally, you know, or getting comfortable saying to someone, hey, I feel terrible. But I, I forgot what your name was. Or what's your name again? Yeah, yeah I will never. Because it, sto- <laughs> it stops us from knowing people, right? Yeah, like no, that, absolutely. That, that, and they oh. don't remember your name either. I did this no, on yeah. Sunday. There's this guy, Alex, uh, and, and we've talked about how he's building online courses for something. And I'm kind of doing similar stuff with Everyday Catholic. And I just said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. He goes, Alex, okay, what was your name again? He forgot my name yeah. too, right? And that's okay. Fair. Fair. Or maybe there's that pressure to like, oh, man, he actually forgot my name. I didn't forget, but I'm going to ask him. Right. 
and pretend mm-hmm. like I forgot? No, I no. would not. No, I would like, absolutely. Because what I'll do goes, hey, Chris, my name is Alex. So I walk <laughs> I, I walk up to people and I'll go like, mm-hmm. hey, Alex, you? it's Chris Mueller. How are you doing? Yeah. And they go, oh, no, I know. I know. Yeah. Nah, I don't care if you knew or not. But so I try to do that all the time. Like I ran mm. into somebody the other day. Oh, a guy from from college. Uh, my kid's water polo game. Whoa. I was out in Laguna Beach for a water polo game. <clears throat> and one of the refs was a guy from college. And so I walked wow. up and I was like, Dave. And he's like, and I'm like, Chris Mueller. And he goes, oh my gosh. And like, we were hugging and stuff and not the pool deck there. And it was cool. <laughs> but, but I so easily could have been like, that's a guy from the college. Yeah. That's what I do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. But what if, what like if we just treated everybody way. like family? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, anyway, hey, we're crossing the 40 minute mark on this episode of the afternoon morning show. We're going to continue this conversation in the next episode. So you can tune into that. It'll be coming out. If it's not posted on the same day, it'll mm-hmm. be coming out lately. Just a reminder, the Afternoon Morning Show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. We make a good Catholic stuff for the rest of us. If you'd like more information, you go to everydaycatholic.com. And also, Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 charity. We depend on support from listeners like you. You can check that out at everydaycatholic.com slash donate. Man, I blew that one at the end there. Yeah, and it was noticeable. (laughs) We'll catch you guys on the other side. Bye. Bye.